Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter is out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Two Degrees Hotter podcast. Anya here. This is Anya's voice. How's it going? Hope you guys are having a great week. And you might be wondering, where's your co-host? She got hit with the C word, with COVID. So it finally happened. If you guys have been listening for a while, you know that we were both good up until this year. And then I got COVID in August or July, I guess. And then Kylie got COVID this week. So Um, sending her healing vibes. I think she's doing pretty well. Like honestly, she mentioned that she could probably go ahead and record, but figure we'll just have this episode be a solo one so she can fully recover. And the craziest part, I don't want to talk too much about this and like steal her thunder because it is very much her story to tell. But the craziest part is if you guys remember a couple months ago, um, I got COVID essentially like two weeks before traveling internationally. And it was like really stressful, had all sorts of ripple effects. And honestly, it was like one of the worst weeks ever. And coincidentally, Kylie got COVID pretty much exactly two weeks before our Portugal trip. So it's just weird how like history is completely repeating itself. Um, And yeah, we'll talk more about it next week, both because uh, I have some COVID related stuff that I want to talk about too. And also because I just feel like number one, it's a better thing for us to talk about together. And also because people don't want to hear about COVID all the time anymore because it's exhausting. And I feel that. So Anyways, for this week, I am running solo. This is a little bit of a spontaneous episode, so hopefully it's still uh, up to par for you guys, but we are going to be talking about financial stuff. So we are going to be talking about two main things, first being my payday routine, and then also kind of my philosophy towards money in a relationship and how to handle finances with a significant other because I saw a TikTok that made me a bit mad. So we're going to talk about it. Um, And yeah, that's about it. Um, I look like an actual rat right now. So I'm really pleased that we have an audio medium and not a visual medium because I am literally sitting here in my pajamas, a fluffy robe from Soma and with a cup of the Trader Joe's fall harvest tea. I literally don't, don't even think I've brushed my hair yet today. So you know the vibes. You can have that nice visual as we move into the week in review. So I figured I would just give the week in review that I was planning to give originally. um, And Kylie and I will talk about our actual week in reviews next week. Um, But I made a bunch of tech upgrades recently that I feel like I haven't really talked about with you guys. And I've mentioned some of them in passing, but I just wanted to do like a full rundown because I do think it's been a really great upgrade, um, especially if any of you guys are on the market for any of these things. So I got a new laptop. That was kind of the trigger for this whole upgrade situation because I had a MacBook Pro from 2016. I got it before college and it served me well. She did her duty, but I've been working full time on it for the past you know, two years and it just had a couple like weird buggy situations earlier this summer that kind of were red flags to me that something might be on the horizon. Um, So there was one time that it like basically totally crashed and I needed to like completely wipe the disc and like start from scratch. And then there was another time where something similar happened. So it was just kind of like it was still working, but it was a signal to me that like "Mm, this thing's probably on its way out. 
Um, but luckily, since it wasn't extremely urgent, I was able to wait until they released the M2 MacBooks. So if you're not like a tech person, I'm really not either. Um, apparently, Mac didn't always have their own chips in their MacBooks. Um, but recently, they now have their own chips called the M1 and the M2. So the M2 is like the more recent upgraded version of this chip. And I don't know, it just works better, I guess. <laughs> so um, I was able to wait for that to come out. And I ended up going with the MacBook Air, the 13 and a half inch with the M2 chip and in the color Starlight. So if you guys look at their website, they only have three color options, I think. But the Starlight is kind of the one that's like leaning a little more gold. And I really like it. It's like subtle. It's really pretty. Um, I've gotten a couple compliments on it because I think it's like a new color for them. But I really like it. Um, the main things that stand out to me as things that I like about it are it really is a lot lighter. And I kind of thought that was overrated coming from a MacBook Pro to an Air. I was like, it's like a pound difference, like how important is it? But it actually is so nice when you're carrying it to work or just like carrying it around. It, it makes a huge difference how thin and like compact it is. And then another thing I really like about it, and this could just be the fact that it's like a newer laptop, is the battery life is insane compared to my old one. My old one basically had to be plugged in all the time for it to work. I could unplug it for like maybe an hour or two, but it just like wasn't practical to actually use without an outlet nearby. And this one lasts all day. Like I worked um, remotely on it yesterday and was on Zoom calls and like doing all sorts of things. And it literally lasted all day and even like into the evening, which is just so impressive. My old laptop could never. So another thing about it that's nice is I was going from a 13 inch to a 13 and a half inch. Um, so if you look at a picture online, it's like the webcam kind of like cuts into the screen a little bit, but you have more side, you have more room on either side of it, if that makes sense. Um, so that's really nice too. My one complaint about it is that it only has the capability to connect to one external monitor. So like, you know, you have your laptop and then you have like one other screen. Um, and I actually used to have two monitors. So that kind of will bring me into my next point. But my old desk setup was that I had my laptop in the middle and then I had like a Dell monitor on either side of it. And I, oh my gosh, my cat is screaming. Sorry guys, <laughs> you hear her. And in theory, I liked having three screens, but I found that basically I would use mostly my laptop and then the screen on the left. And then the screen on the right would just have Slack open all the time, which is nice, but it actually kind of ended up distracting me a lot because I would have such an instant, you know, access to whatever messages I would getting, I would be getting, and it would kind of like throw me off my rhythm. Um, so I've kind of gotten rid of that second monitor and I upgraded just my one monitor to a larger one. So I will link all of this below, but I also got a new monitor from HP. And not only is it bigger, it's 27 inches, which to me personally, that feels like a TV, like that feels freaking huge on my desk and I love it. Um, but it's also just much more sleek looking. Like I had like a chunky Dell, like very corporate vibes. I literally think it was from my dad's office, um, like at work uh, monitors. And, and now this HP one is like, nice and thin and sleek and like white and silver and it just fits the vibe a lot better. So I like my desk setup a lot more right now and I have more room on my desk because I don't have that third monitor that wasn't getting used a ton anyway. Um, and then um, I also got a new keyboard. So if you guys remember back in 2020, I had a keyboard that was like really cute and colorful, but um, honestly just all the like, all the like letters on the keys just kind of like wiped off over the time. So it wasn't super practical. Um, and I ended up getting another Bluetooth, like mechanical one, It's kind of a gamer girl laptop. It like lights up if you know the vibes. Um, and then my last big upgrade, which I haven't talked about is I got an iPad. So, uh, if you guys have been listening for a while, you know that Kylie's the ultimate iPad baby on this podcast and I'm following in her footsteps. Um, I did not get a new one because I really had it in mind for like one specific use case, which is actually dance. 
So I am choreographing for dance this uh, season and um, part of being a choreographer is putting together like formations and that kind of thing. And I was using this app called Arrange Us, which is so great, by the way, if you are a dancer or a choreographer, definitely download it. Um, But it basically allows you to like put everyone's names into a formation and like move it around and see traffic patterns and stuff. And I was using it and I was like, this would just be so much nicer on a larger screen on an iPad because they don't have like a desktop version. And I was like, what if I just, and I started doing research and I found that you can get like a couple generations older um, iPads for pretty cheap. Like it was, mine was, I think 140 bucks. So I will link the one that I got in the description. I got like a used one, which is also just a really great thing to do in general is to get used uh, or like secondhand refurbished technology from like a sustainability standpoint, because tech waste is some of the hardest to recycle and frankly just doesn't get recycled a lot of the time. So um, side note, but yeah, so I got it and I've been using it for dance like I imagine, but I've also been using it for other things. It's just nice to have like something more casual to be scrolling on or working on, especially if I'm like sitting in front of the TV, um, working on like personal stuff. And then also, I think it's going to be really great for like travel. Like I can imagine myself if I'm going on like a weekend trip or something like that, not wanting to bring like my full laptop with me, just bringing the iPad. So I think that's what I'm going to do when we go to Portugal in a couple weeks because it allows me to have access to everything that I need, but it's not so bulky and it's also not as valuable. You know, my new laptop was like $1,200. This iPad was $150. So like I love it. I'll cherish it. But if something happens to it, I won't be like devastated like I would with my laptop. <laughs> so those are all my tech upgrades. This is my sign to you. If there's something you've been thinking about for a while that would really increase like your quality of life, whether it's like for a work from home thing or like a personal thing, just do the research, figure out what you want and put on your list, put on your Christmas list because it's really made a big difference for me. And I also discovered like over two and a half years into my job that we actually have like a tech stipend that I didn't realize we could use for like work from home upgrades. So check out if your company has anything like that because I was able to get a lot of this stuff reimbursed because I was using it for like my work from home kind of remote setup. And I do still work from home four out of five days a week. So yeah, let's get into my favorite. My favorite for this week is a TV show. You might have heard of it. It's called Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I'm in my Dancing in this Dancing with the Stars era, you guys. Um, I put that on my B-reel the other day. So obviously Dancing with the Stars has been on for like our entire lives, or at least my entire life. It's They're on like season freaking 30 something. It's just so nostalgic for me. I used to watch it with my parents. I remember when I was younger, probably from ages like eight to like when dance got more serious for me. So like maybe like 12 or 13. Um, We were like religiously watched it like every single season, every night. And I'm sure most people know what Dancing with the Stars is, but just in case you don't, it's basically they take celebrities, like I think 20 celebrities, and they pair them with professional ballroom dancers and they compete and people get like eliminated. And it's just so freaking entertaining. And to me, like as a dancer, I never grew up doing ballroom. I've never taken a ballroom class or anything like that. So I love learning about all the different styles, like what's considered a foxtrot versus a samba versus you know a jive like I just think it's so interesting and I love all the costumes I love watching them improve like week over week um they have some really good people on this season let me pull up the cast yeah so they have like Selma Blair Wayne Brady Charlie D'Amelio and and Heidi D'Amelio are both on it which is kind of crazy um Jesse James Decker um Daniel Durant or Durant I don't know how to say it but I hadn't heard of him before but he is actually a deaf actor so it's like super cool that they're incorporating um like their first ever deaf contestant um and it's like really great to like see how his process is different like just really eye-opening um Teresa from Desperate Housewives Vinny from Jersey Shore Cheryl Ladd 
Shangela, who is an amazing drag queen, Jordan Sparks, like Gabby Windy. It's like such a good season. Um, I'm obsessed if you can't tell. And it's on Disney Plus this year, which is different. So it is still live, but it's live on Disney Plus, like on Monday nights. So I've just been watching them after the fact because I never catch them live. I think there's like maybe three episodes out now. But yeah, go check it out. It's like such good TV, like just so entertaining. And um, having done like some very, very like minor scale events compared to what goes into Dancing with the Stars, like I just think of like the freaking run of show and like how stressful all of those tiny details and logistics must be to put on like such an amazing show on live television. I literally cannot even imagine. So uh, I'm obsessed and I like have some crushes on the pros that are still there and everything. Like it's just the best. So go check it out. Um, And I'm in my Dancing with the Stars era. Let's just leave it at that. All right. We're going to roll into our ads and then I'll be back to talk about finance. You know the vibes. If you know anything about our show, you know Anya and I really prioritize our health, sustainability, and building a community around the things that young women go through. That's why we feel so lucky to have met and interviewed Katie Diasty in 2020, a Gen Z entrepreneur, overall badass, and founder of Viv for Your V, who we are so proud to partner with on this episode. Viv is an earth-friendly period care subscription brand created to bring sustainable and clean products to the hands of menstruators. Something crazy that I personally didn't know is that the average menstrual pad is equal to about four plastic bags and can take up to 800 years to break down. Yeah, and this is a big deal because a menstruator can use Use anywhere from 5,000 and 15,000 disposable period care products in their cycle's lifetime. And at any time, 800 million menstruators are on their period right now. That's why we feel really great about using Viv's bamboo-based products. Bamboo uses a quarter the amount of water, less land and fertilizers, and is naturally hypoallergenic, breathable, and actually more absorbent than cotton. It's so crazy to know that with every Viv box, you can save 643 pounds of CO2, 607 gallons of water, and 48 plastic bags from entering a landfill. Another problem that Viv is solving for is access to products when you need them the most. I think we can all relate to having that oh shit moment and realizing you're going to have to make a CVS run on top of all the things you're already dealing with. With their subscription-based model, it's so easy to choose how often you want your products delivered and have them on hand so you can conquer more. They have products for every type of period, from pads and liners to tampons and even menstrual cups. Viv totally converted me to a cup user. I love that it's zero waste, reusable, and lasts up to 10 years. Plus, the ring on their cup is a total game changer. You guys have to try it. We personally feel amazing about the way we're treating our bodies, the planet, and supporting a clean, sustainable, and women and minority-owned business all at the same time. Use the code and the link in our bio to shop the Viv website with 20% off, and definitely check out our episode with Katie to learn even more. And now, hotties, back to the episode. Have you guys ever said finance, like, unironically? Because I used to work at this company where the CEO would do these, like, all-hands talks, and he would say finance instead of finance, and... It's just interesting to me. But anyways, (laughs) like I said, kind of the two things that I want to talk about this episode related to finances are number one, payday and like having a payday routine, what that looks like for me, how it's benefited me. And then secondly, money in a relationship, finances in a relationship, kind of my thoughts on how it should work, what I do with my boyfriend. And yeah, that might be a little more of a vent, so stick around, but we are going to get into it. So As a disclaimer, I am definitely not a financial expert. Don't take any of this as like financial advice. Um, And I actually prefer consuming financial content a lot of the times from other people that are also not financial experts. You know, there's this whole niche on the internet of people that are financial experts. And I think they're great people to turn to if you have legitimate questions when it comes to like investing or, you know, doing like legitimate money things. But um, I just always like watching 
other women that are around my age and that are navigating the same things as me, like figure it out and just kind of learning together and learning from their experience. So that's kind of what I want this episode to be for you guys. And yeah, so starting off with my payday routine, I'm curious, do you guys have a payday routine? Let us know. Um, I didn't have a payday routine until I had my full-time job. So when I was like an intern, I remember I would just, you know, get paid and the money would kind of like sit in my account and I would pay things off when the deadline came. But I didn't really have like a plan for where that money was all going to be rooted, if that makes sense. Um, and so for to me, a payday routine is just a day where I sit down biweekly and kind of develop a proactive plan for where every dollar of my paycheck is going to go before I even get paid. So for me, this means kind of splitting it into a couple different places. So one being my savings, one being retirement, investing, and checking. So basically, as soon as my paycheck arrives, I put my payday routine into action. I kind of divide my income up right away, assign purpose to all of that, you know, those earnings, all that money. And to me, when I plan ahead in this way, for me, saving and spending and bills just become a lot less stressful and a lot more streamlined. And I just like having this kind of regular check-in with myself to see, okay, how am I doing? Am I feeling good about money this month? Where can I cut back? You know, what have I, what am I happy about? All of these things. So for me, I literally have a calendar item on my Google calendar. Every Thursday um, at 8.30, I have a weekly financial admin calendar item. So it doesn't always happen at that exact time, of course, but I just kind of have a reminder to try to take a look at my finances that day. And in an ideal world, I just log on a little bit early for work and do all of this stuff. It really doesn't take long. It takes me like max like 15 minutes per week. But basically, I get paid bi-weekly on Thursdays, which I really like. I at one point got paid on like the 15th and the 30th. And I didn't like that as much because it was harder to make it part of my routine. Obviously, not something that anyone has control over, but just, you know, thinking out loud here. Um, and so I just have this repeating calendar item and on the weeks where I don't get paid, I just use that as an opportunity to like pay anything that's due, audit my finances, make sure all the transactions look right. I have caught a couple like weird things through doing this, um, mostly like subscriptions and stuff that I didn't realize were still there. So it just kind of gives me an opportunity to take a closer look at how things went that past week. And then on the weeks that I do get paid, I get into my payday routine, which really just means I start transferring things so that they live in different homes and so that they're not sitting in my checking available for me to spend recklessly. So <laughs> let's get into that. So I think the first step to creating a payday routine is to, I guess, create a budget. And I hate saying that because I'm not good at budgeting. But to me, I just think sort of lightly thinking about what amount of money I'm going to need in the next two weeks is really what um, is the first step. So I kind of have like a regular amount that I tend to spend around on, you know, groceries and just like my own purchases. But I'll try to think like, okay, in the next two weeks, am I going to pay for concert tickets? Am I going to pay for a vacation? And of course, these things can come up last minute. And that's why you have other means of paying for things. But um, just kind of trying to proactively think about what expenses are going to come up in the next few weeks. And for me, this could be different for you. But for me, my mission with a payday routine is to try to leave pretty much exactly that amount in my checkings available to me. That kind of gives me a visual signal of how much money I have to spend over those two weeks. And it really helps me kind of keep my spending in check and it helps me be more forward looking as to what expenses are going to be coming down the line. So that's what works for me. It might be different for you, but basically just kind of lightly tracking what I spent over the last two weeks, thinking about, is it going to be similar? Is it going to be higher? Is it going to be lower? And trying to keep that as the kind of baseline in my checking. Then 
I go ahead and divide my income into the categories where I want to transfer the other means into. So for me, like I said, that's savings, retirement, and investing. Um, and so kind of coming up with like broad percentages of like, okay, what can I uh, afford to transfer into savings every single month? What can I do on months that are particularly good? What can I do on months that are maybe less good? Um, and so I have those percentages in mind and I go ahead. Oh, my cat's here. Hi, Masha. Hi. Here she is. All right. So you might hear some meowing. If you're confused, listen to the last episode. I'm just cat sitting for my parents while they're abroad. Um, but hopefully she's not too disruptive. Anyways, um, she's 18, so she does what she wants. One thing that I wanted to say is, like I said, for me, the categories are savings, retirement, investing, and checking. But for you, it might be way more complicated or way simpler. You know, everyone's financial situation is different. So so don't let the way that I do mine, you know, completely dictate the way that you do yours. But those are my categories. Think about what your categories are. Maybe you have more complicated ones. Maybe you have, you know, your emergency fund that you're still building up, or maybe you are putting money away for something specific. So just have in mind, what are all the different kind of categories of things? What are the places that I could put money and what percentage can I do um, on a regular basis? I also see a lot of discourse about um, people automating things in their bank accounts and really liking it. So this is also an option if you want to just, you know, set an automatic transfer to happen to all of your accounts on your payday. I think this is kind of a lot of people's version of a payday routine. However, I really like having an actual routine. I like going in and seeing things with my own two eyes, transferring things with my own mouse, feeling the pain or the pleasure of it all. Anyway, I, was, I don't know why I said that. That was weird. But you know the, you know what I mean? I just I like doing it myself at this stage of my life. Maybe that'll change eventually. But right now I like doing it all manually. And like I said, it just gives me a good opportunity to like audit everything. I think if my stuff was more automated, I would be like less responsible because I wouldn't be taking such a close look. So yeah, basically the steps are you get paid, you think about where are all the different places that this money is going to have to go? What percentage can I transfer on a regular basis to all of these places? Am I doing particularly well this month? Am I doing less good this month? What can I improve? And then for me, the biggest thing about this is really just leaving pretty much the exact amount that I'm going to have to spend that month in my checkings. And that really is what works best for me is to have that visual cue of like, okay, this is my budget for this month. And I know that's maybe like an aggressive way to enforce it, but that works for me. So I just wanted to share that. So that's pretty much everything that I wanted to mention on the payday routine, but let me know, slide into my DMs. Do you have a payday routine? Do you have a step that I'm not thinking about? Is there something else that I should be doing? And what do you think about payday routines? Do you like them? Do you not? Let me know. So now I'm going to get into talking about my finances in a relationship. So if you listened a few episodes back, you would know that I have been with my boyfriend Grant for about six years. We do live together and we do have a dual income I guess, household, you could say. So we split a lot of things. We have to figure out how we're going to navigate a lot of things financially. I think it is a lot more complicated if you do live with your partner. So I thought I would bring up kind of my perspective on all of this. And this was really all inspired by one TikTok that I saw. So I'm going to actually insert that audio. Hopefully you guys can hear it over the mic because I just think it's good level setting for why exactly I wanted to talk about this and just so that we're all kind of on the same page. So here it is. Couples that Venmo each other are so creepy. Like, I see it all the time on my feed, and I get, like, a creepy feeling. I get, like, the heebie-jeebies. Why are you guys, as a couple, Venmoing each other back and forth for, like, an Uber, a salad, a coffee? Like, you can't just go Dutch or, like, treat each other? Why are you being creepy and weird? Granted, I don't have much of a leg to stand on because I'm not in a relationship, but why are you, as an individual, Venmo requesting your significant other for Chipotle? Knock it off. 
Okay, so that's the TikTok. And no hate to this girl. She even said herself that she's not in a relationship. So maybe she would have a different perspective if she was. And also everyone does things differently. That's kind of the main thing that I want to get across through this conversation is just recognizing that every relationship has a financial setup that works for them. And I just want to kind of normalize what works for people being okay and working for them and not really casting judgment on like what other people choose to do with their significant others and with their finances because this can be such a touchy topic for people but basically she was saying like it's creepy and weird for people to request their significant significant others for ubers for lunch for coffee um and why can't you just go dutch why can't you treat each other Um, And I think kind of what this perspective neglects to account for is the fact that everyone is so different financially. Everyone's coming from different salary amounts, different amounts of debt, different privileges, different amounts of familial support or like the way that they were raised to think about money, different perspectives, and frankly, just different comfort levels with paying for someone else, especially someone else that they're not married to, that they're not legally tied to. Um, and something else to think about from like a romantic perspective is that finances are like the number one reason people get divorced. So it's really important to figure out a system that works for you. And if what works for you is splitting everything 50, 50, that's super valid. If what works for you is having one person cover rent and one person cover groceries and other expenses, that's great. If what works for you is just having one person cover everything because they're in the financial position to do so, that's sick, (laughs) especially if you're not that person. (laughs) But um, I guess moral of the story is just that every relationship has a system that works for them. And I just don't really think it's fair for anyone else to cast judgment on what works. So that's kind of why I want to talk about this and normalizing what every couple does. Literally, who cares if you Venmo each other for everything? I'm sorry. I just could not disagree more with this girl. I personally think it's creepy that you're monitoring what people are Venmoing each other. I think that's the creepy part of this situation. Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about Grit and I's setup. And you'll notice that we are pretty much one of those Venmo couples. And that's okay with me because, you know, we live together. We're a dual income household, but we both are still pretty early on in our careers. We both graduated from college relatively recently. We're still kind of dealing with some of that debt. So I think it's super valid for us to have this setup that we have. And I think any setup that works for you is super valid. So I just wanted to talk about this and kind of normalize this kind of discourse because I don't really feel like people talk about finances in a relationship openly very often. So I'm going to be that person for you guys. So like I mentioned, we live together. So obviously our biggest expense every month is our rent and our utilities. And I think this is an area that a lot of couples have to think about how they want to navigate when they move in together. Is it going to be 50-50? Is it going to be 60-40, 70-30? Or is one person just going to cover it and the other person covers other things? But for us, we do split this 50-50. And it is worth noting that he does make a little more than I do at this point in our careers. But I personally, um, I do have some student debt, but not a ton. So I feel comfortable paying the amount that we do pay. And I feel like it's very realistic and achievable for me. So Something to think like think about and talk about with your partner is if you have any of those kind of financial setbacks or kind of um, different boundaries that you need to keep in mind when it comes to your rent. But we split everything 50-50. Um, our rent and all of our utilities do come out of his account, but I just pay him for rent once a month. And then I pay him for utilities as they come up because they're a little less regular, but we just pay um, gas and electric. So yeah, we split all of that completely 50-50. Another thing that doesn't come up so often anymore, but did come up a lot in the beginning was kind of like bigger expenses for our apartment. So we did one Ikea trip 
together where we bought a lot of our bigger furniture items. But of course, I would kind of thrift things here and there that I would find that I wanted. Um, he would maybe find some things that he wanted. So I remember during that phase of like kind of collecting everything that we would need for our apartment before we moved in and for the first few months, basically what we did was that we both picked up things that we wanted and that we liked. Um, and I had like an ongoing Excel spreadsheet and then we squared up afterwards, like a couple months after we had moved in and kind of everything was settled. Um, so basically like just kind of figuring out who paid more than the other and then just squaring up on that front, making sure that the difference was covered. And that might sound like way more... I don't know, logistically challenging or like organized than you want to be with it. But being the type A person that I was, I already had a spreadsheet going with all the stuff that we would want for our apartment. So it was not a big deal to just kind of slate in the amounts as well. Um, And like I said, that doesn't really come up anymore. We don't really buy things for our apartment anymore. But for example, we got like a grill recently that I gifted to him. um, And then that's pretty much it. I can't really think of anything else. But yeah, in general, most apartment stuff, we also split 50-50. For groceries, I am the grocery shopper in our household, and that is because I like it. I like my Trader Joe's trip once a week or once every two weeks. I enjoy it. I It's kind of like my me time. I just love Trader Joe's, you guys know, so I don't. I totally don't mind being the one to actually go grocery shopping and put it on my card, and then I just always will request him half, and I keep saying Venmo because that's like basically just a verb at this point, but we actually use Zelle, and I like it better, so if you have Zelle. Use Zelle because then it's like automatically in your account. It's not like sitting in Venmo. Anyway, so yeah, I will always pay on my card and then request him exactly half for our groceries. For restaurants or takeout or like going out to eat kind of thing, he has a card where he gets like extra points on that sort of stuff. So he'll normally pay, but I'll Venmo him or Zelle him for specifically whatever I got. I, th- I guess that's kind of different than some people would do it. I think a lot of people just do 50 50, but ever since we've been together, I feel like our general move when we're going to split a meal is um, that like we pay for what we each actually got mostly because I don't eat meat. So his entrees tend to be more expensive than mine. And usually he'll have like one more drink than I do as well. So his bill just ends up being more. Sometimes we'll split 50-50, but for the most part, we tend to just have him pay and then request me for like specifically what I got and my cut of the tip and everything. But of course there are occasions where one of us will cover the meals, especially if it's like the other person's birthday or something like that. But for the most part, we Um, tend to split things not even 50 50 when we go out but like what we got exactly if that makes sense for different like activities like I'm thinking of like vacations or concerts or Red Sox games usually I'm the person that's organizing that so I will book it but I'll request him his share unless it's like a gift but you know for the most part we split that as well and then lastly transportation Um, we kind of have a unique situation so we do share a car but it's my car like my name on the title But I don't use it as much as he does because he works outside of the city. So his commute, he needs the car for, whereas I don't need the car for my commute. Um, So anyway, yeah, he uses the car more often than I do. I use it maybe like once a week or twice a week. Um, So he tends to cover gas because he tends to use most of the gas. And then I tend to use public transportation more often. So if he ever needs to, you know, use public transportation with me, I'll cover that, which obviously is like $2 at a time. But you know what I mean? (laughs) But if I take like a big trip with the car, like, I don't know on a weekend trip somewhere with my friends, like of course I'll pay for the gas, but for the most part he pays for gas because I use very little. And then there's always going to be like quick things, like a quick, you know, wine run for our dinner or like a CVS run for some stuff that we need um, that like one of us will just cover and not really worry about. But in general, we do tend to, I guess you could say like square up in the moment or shortly after. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think this concept of like Dutch or like going back and forth sounds really good in concept, but I feel like for our relationship, I could see it 
creating kind of extra stress of like, okay, who paid last time? Like, can't remember, like, was it an expensive meal or not so much? Is this like an equivalent amount for me to cover? So I know for some people that might be like, oh, you're way overthinking it, but I just think this is what works for us. And I imagine, you know, maybe our philosophy will change if we get married or have like a joint bank account or something like that someday. But like I said, right now we're still young. We're still um, fresh to like the workforce and building up our own savings and our own financial accounts and stuff like that for the first time. So I think this is what works for us. And I think it's totally fair, especially if you're young or in a new relationship or anything like that to want to be a little more guarded and a little more 50-50 with your finances. I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I just don't want anyone to feel bad about their finances and what they've found works for them. So there's no shame in the game. I don't want anyone to see these kinds of TikToks and be like, oh, like we don't have a strong relationship because we don't we we Venmo request each other. Like I just think that's such bullshit and I just wanted to bring attention to it. So hopefully you guys liked this episode. I like to be transparent about this kind of stuff online because like I said, I feel like there aren't a ton of episodes or you know content out there talking about this. So if you want similar things like this in the future, definitely reach out to us and let us know. And you can do that through our anonymous suggestion box, through our Instagram DMs, through email, really any way you want to reach us, go for it. We would love to hear from you guys. And we will be back next week with Kylie once she is recovered. So send her good healing vibes. I know she's doing pretty well. Um, So that's great. And we will talk with you guys next week. Bye, everyone.